Welcome to a Stonewall's Perspective Podcast. We're on a mission to see lives changed by the gospel, one life at a time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Stonewall's Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Stone. Today, I have another special guest with me. He is the senior pastor at Abundant Life Church in Lee Summit, Missouri, and he is an author of two books, Defeating the Enemy and The Weapons of Our Warfare. Please welcome Pastor Phil Hopper. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Stonewall. That's good. Um, Alexander, so today, you're a Stonewall stone for the faith, man. Dude, thank you. I, I, I really can't be moved. <laughs> I really appreciate that, uh, Pastor Phil. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the weapons of our warfare, spiritual warfare, uh, and what that looks like. But before that, I kind of want to get um, hear a little bit from you about your testimony, um, where you come from, uh, how you got into pastoral ministry. Sure. So I spent eight years on the KCPD back in the 90s. Alexander, it's all I thought I would do when I went into law enforcement. But God began to call me into ministry. And people ask sometimes, well, how do you know you're called to the ministry? Because as Christians, we're all called to the ministry in some capacity. And so when I say ministry, I mean vocational ministry, pastoral ministry. I tell people, you know you're called when you can't say no. All right? You choose your career. You don't choose your calling. Your calling chooses you. And so somewhere along the way, I knew it wasn't an option. I had to do this. And so I started preparing for ministry. I'd started going to this little church in Lee Summit. At the time, it was called Liberty. And one day, the pastor resigned. It was just a little church plant. And there was nobody to preach. And on a Tuesday night, somebody from the church board called me and asked me to fill in one Sunday. And I thought that one Sunday would be one and done. And then they asked me to fill in the next week. I thought it would be two and done. Then they asked me to fill in a third week. I thought it would be three and done. And then they asked me to fill in till we found somebody full time. And four months later, they were calling me to be their full-time pastor. So in March of 2000, I went to bid a cop. I woke up a pastor. Mm -hmm. And that was almost 20 years ago now. That's amazing. That's, that's mm -hmm. truly amazing, Pastor Phil. Mm -hmm. um, and so then after you got into ministry and, and you got to really see Abundant Life grow um, into what it is today, you decided to write um, a book, Defeating the Enemy, uh, which I have on my desk right now. What kind of inspired you to write the first book, Defeating the Enemy? Yeah, what inspired me to write the book, Alexander, you know, the New Testament uses all types of adjectives to describe what ought to be the normal Christian life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. You can have it more abundantly. John 10 and verse 10. Our name of our church is Abundant Life. It comes from John 10 and verse 10. So he said, I've come to give you life. You can have it more abundantly. Second Corinthians 2.14 says, he always causes us to live triumphantly. First Corinthians 15 says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so uh, the, these terms the Bible uses that ought to be true of every Christian life abundantly, a life of liberty, a life of victory, a life of freedom, a life of liberty. I started having this uh, observation over several years of pastoral ministry. If, if Jesus came to give us life abundantly, and he always caused me to live triumphantly, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, then why do so many Christians live 
in mediocrity, mm -hmm. if not complete captivity. Yep. So many Christians live a life of captivity when Jesus came to set them free. If the sun shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Why aren't people living freely? Well, the reality is Jesus comes to set the captive free, and then Satan comes to take the captive or take, take those who are free back into captivity. And that's where a lot of Christians live. They have enough faith to be saved and get into heaven, just not enough faith or knowledge to be set free from uh, that trial, that tribulation, that temptation, that addiction. And so defeating the enemy was born out of that desire to see Christians live out practically what God has secured for them already at Calvary. So, you know, God uh, used those eight years on the police department to prepare me for ministry in ways nothing else could have. Uh, and I began to see the parallels between defeating an enemy we cannot see and defeating an enemy we can see. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that first book, Defeating the Enemy, is about Christian intelligence on the adversary. You cannot overcome the opposition until you know their method of operation. Okay. So defeating the enemy is kind of an inside look at who is Satan, why is he at war, how does he move, uh, to use a little police jargon, we need to know his MO, right, <laughs> his modus operandi. Yep. And this is exactly what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11, he said, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices, <laughs> meaning we're not ignorant of his MO, his moves. Yep. So... The very same moves he put on Eve in Genesis 3 you know, the very same moves he puts on you and me in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. He attacks through lies, he attracts through lust. Yeah. And so by doing a little background study, a little intelligence gathering on our adversary, uh, we can anticipate his move so we don't have to be taken advantage of by the enemy that's trying to steal our victory every single day. And it's sad that, that people fall victim to the lies and the, the, what the enemy uh, throws at us every single day. And so in um, a couple of years after you wrote Defeating the Enemy, you wrote another one, The, Wep the Weapons of Our Warfare. And that was uh, also biblically based, talking about the, um, the armor of God. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And you got uh, this from Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Uh, yep. I'm not going to read all of it because it's long. Um, but it's talking about putting on the full armor of God. Uh, so with that being said, what is spiritual warfare? Yeah. So Paul said in Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, mm -hmm. but against and powers and rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. The spiritual warfare begins with the understanding that my real enemy is not the one I can see, it's the one I can't see. Mm -hmm. uh, where defeating the enemy was understanding the enemy's strategy, the weapons of our warfare is understanding our armory, that God has given us weaponry. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that we can stand against the adversary four times in that one passage, Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, and really just the first three verses. Four times in verses uh, 10 through 13, Paul says, stand or withstand. Mm 
He says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So spiritual warfare is understanding that the devil uh, is making a strategy against us. He's strategizing against us. The wiles of the devil implies that he is plotting against us. Mm-hmm. that he is creating the bait we're most apt to take. And so Paul wants us to learn how to put on the armor of God so that we can stand, he says in verse 13, in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. He says, first of all, having put on the belt of truth, gird up your loins with the truth. And so uh, spiritual warfare is recognizing there's always more going on than me see I. God has a plan for your life, and Satan does too. Yep. For everything that happens to you, there is God's agenda and there is Satan's agenda too. And so it is learning how to wage warfare against an unseen enemy that has one plan for your life, and that is complete destruction. Yep. Um, in First Peter 5, verse 8, it says, be, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. Um, right there, it just, the Bible is full of scripture where it talks about how the enemy is against us and that he will use any tactic he can to lead us astray and lead us away from the plan that God has, uh, for our lives. And it's saying right here that the enemy, he's like a roaring lion. Lions, they are so extremely patient. They don't care when they will get their prey. They don't care how they will get their prey. They will just wait and wait and wait until there will be someone, uh, uh, their prey goes away from the rest of the flock or whatever, so they can attack. And that's exactly yeah. what Satan is doing in the 21st century and has been for, right. for, for since the beginning of time. So Peter gives us some intel on the adversary in that one verse. Mm-hmm. He's a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And so, uh, by learning about a lion and how he hunts, we can learn about Satan and how he hunts. And you're right. A lion is very patient when he stalks his prey. He will never go charging recklessly into that herd of wildebeest. He will study that herd, maybe for hours. He will watch them, begin to zero in on individual animals, mm-hmm. targeting his prey. Then he very carefully, very slowly will begin stalking his prey. And that tells us that Satan is a hunter and we are his prey and he's plotting an attack against us. He's very carefully strategizing and stalking his attack. Uh, and and, and uh, a, a lion attacks with no conscience. A lion attacks with absolutely no thought to the life of his victim. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have to look at our adversary. He is plotting our destruction. He is hunting us. Uh, and he wants to devour us. But here's the point. We don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to be overcome by him. In fact, in Christ, we have already overcome him. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Mm-hmm. And something of no power. We have no might against the enemy. Right. But in Christ, in Jesus, we, we have all power, all might. Mm-hmm. And something that you say 
all the time is that even when we're not studying the enemy, the enemy is studying us. That's why it's so important uh, to put on the full armor of God. Uh, how do we put on the armor of God? Well, first of all, uh, I wrote the book, Weapons of Our Warfare, because people need to know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, Paul, of course, is arrested in Rome. He's under house arrest. He's watching the changing of the guard day after day after day. He's very familiar with Roman armor of the Roman soldier. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he begins to connect the dots. That in the same way a, a Roman soldier has armor to protect him physically, God has given us armor to protect us spiritually. And just like a Roman soldier was given a weapon, a sword, God has given us a weapon, and it is a sword. And so these are metaphors God is using to illustrate that we have an armory and we have weaponry against the adversary. And so we put it on first by understanding what it is. Right. What, what is the belt of truth? What does that mean? That's why I wrote the book. What is the helmet of salvation? What is the breastplate of righteousness? What are the, the shoes that Paul says, uh, shod your feet with the gospel, the preparation of peace? Uh, what is the shield of faith? What does any, that even mean, right? You know, without understanding the uh, meaning of these metaphors, it's just kind of theological theory. It's not practical, right? Mm -hmm. So it begins my understanding practically, what is, Paul, what is Paul teaching us? And then we learn to put it on daily through prayer. You put on the armor through prayer. Um, and uh, God help me today to put on the belt of truth, meaning to be anchored in the truth, just like that belt of a Roman soldier would anchor all of the pieces of armor. It's what held his sword at the ready on his side. It's what held down the breastplate of righteousness. That sword, that, that belt of truth is, is what he would take up his tunic and tie it, girding up his loins as he would march into war. And uh, what Paul is teaching us there is that uh, we need to prepare our minds for war. It's why Peter would say to gird up the loins of your mind, because the battle is always in the mind. And so he's saying in the same way a Roman soldier would tie up his tunic in his belt, girding up his loins, the, his hips, making ready for war, uh, our minds need to be prepared with the truth. Uh, that that day we're going to be anchored to the truth because every single day Satan is attacking us through lies, distortion, deception, right? Mm -hmm. And then he says to put on the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate of the Roman soldier was to guard his heart. And every single day Satan is trying to shoot a poison dart through our heart. And so uh, that breastplate of righteousness is there to guard our hearts, man. It's where the heart, the heart that makes our moral decisions. It's the heart that defines our life direction. And so I'm guarding my heart every day uh, from sin and temptation and compromise. And he says to put on the helmet of salvation. And while the breastplate to guard our heart, the helmet of salvation is to guard the head, man. It's in the head that uh, we begin to meditate on ungodly thoughts. It's with our head that we begin to uh, meditate on the arguments that Satan brings against us that argue against the knowledge of God. And, 
And this is the meaning of 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And then Paul says, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And so uh, it's every day saying, God, I want you to guard my heart. I want you to guard my thoughts, help me to recognize instantly the lie of the enemy, anchor me to the truth, don't let me stray and walk away, and that's how you begin to put on the armor every day. Mm-hmm. And you said this in your second book, Weapons of Our Warfare, your mind will either be a stronghold of God or a stronghold of Satan, and that's so true, and it is evident that uh, most of this world right now, uh, especially in current times have forgotten the armor of God. They have let Satan take stronghold uh, of their minds. Look at, look at everything that is happening in the world today. Racism, abortion, gay marriage, um, uh, pornography, thing, things of the like, all the things of the flesh. We have let Satan in to our lives and into our minds, into our hearts, into churches even. And he's loving it. And it's so sad. It's so dis. It's so disappointing. Well, yeah, it is, and the reason why is look, our society is not being enlightened. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people we're becoming an enlightened society. No, we're not. But yeah. think about it. social science says we're not being enlightened. We're being darkened. Yep. We're not evolving. We are descending mm-hmm. because the social science doesn't lie. These aren't uh, Bible-believing, Bible-thumpers saying this. These are social scientists who might not even believe a Christian worldview as we do. But we live in a generation that's an all-time high for depression, a generation that's an all-time high for addiction, a generation that's an all-time high for suicide. So what does it say? What what it says is, uh, as a society... We have believed the lies of the enemy. Remember, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We're not becoming more free. We're going to captivity. Mm -hmm. Suicide, STDs, unwanted pregnancies, broken families, broken hearts, broken lives. Why? Because we've denied the truth that sets us free. We have believed the lies of the enemy in this selfie society that it's all about me. So it's self-deity. I'm my own God. I'll do what I want to do. I'll think how I want to think. We created God in our image when we were created in God's image. And consequently, because we were not anchored to the truth, we didn't put on that belt of truth. In some cases, you're right, even in churches uh, where the church is in the world to change the world, the world got into the church and has changed the church. And it says uh, here in 2 Corinthians uh, 11, verse 14, and no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. That's exactly what's happening. He is being transformed into an angel of light. He is appearing as something that is good and amazing, but yet he is not, and he is attacking us, and and it's devastating what is happening. Yeah, I, I went into great length in the first book, Defeating the Enemy, in that very text. Mm-hmm. 
Satan is a dark angel who used to be a light angel. In fact, uh, Lucifer uh, means light bearer. He was to bear the light of God. You look in Ezekiel 28. He was created perfect, not as an evil cherub, but a perfect. This is anointed cherub in Ezekiel 28. What was he to do? He was to bear the light of God as he stood before the throne of God. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. First John 1 5. God created him according to Ezekiel 28 with jewels and gemstones, a creature of beauty. But what happened when he rebelled? He's no longer that angel of light. He became Ephesians 6 12, uh, ruler of darkness, the ruler of darkness of this age. He now leads the kingdom of darkness in opposition to the kingdom of light. But what does Paul teach us there? He still transforms himself into an angel of light. In other words, he is a counterfeiter of all that God is and all that God does. He can transform himself into an angel of light to appear even like God. And that's why we need to be so tied to the word of God that we can instantly spot the counterfeit when we see it and not be led astray. Yep. That, that's so true, Pastor Phil. And, and we have run away from the truth. We have run away from the truth. The truth shall set you free. We're not being free. Like you just said a, mi a few minutes ago, we're not being set free. We're going into captivity. That's exactly what is happening in today's day and age. And we need to run back to the truth. Pastors are no longer preaching the word of God. They're preaching heresies and, and things that are, damning people to hell and we're believing things we're believing the lies of the enemy we're believing what the world tells us about how we should live our lives it's not how we should live our lives it's what the bible says about our lives that we should live amen to that brother yeah there's still a lot of great churches and a lot of great preachers but the sad tragic truth of the american church is that we are living to see the prophecy of Second Thessalonians chapter 2 take place in our lifetimes. Paul called it the great falling away, yep. the great apostia, one of the signs to look for shortly before the second coming. Uh, Paul said to the Thessalonians, the falling away must come first. Mm -hmm. We're watching the church fall away. 80% of American churches no longer believe the truth of God's word. And so the very thing God put in the world to set people free itself is going into captivity. We become more and more like the world instead of shining uh, as lights in the world. Mm -hmm. Matthew 5, 13 mm -hmm. uh, through 16 talks about how we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We're dimming that light by the way that we live our lives, by the things that we are believing. And we need to run back to the biblical truth that God has set for us in the Bible. Amen to that, brother. Uh, and I think, you know, the good news is, I think uh, there's a, a lot of people who are not only coming back to the truth, but digging in and, and standing for the truth. These are, these are days, unlike any other, maybe in American history, where the age of cultural Christianity is over, uh, meaning the line is uh, being, I think, probably written in a way that um, nobody can straddle anymore. You know, you're either in or you're out. Mm -hmm. You're either uh, with Jesus or in opposition to Jesus. 
And so the, you know, the upside to that, I think, is uh, it's calling people to a deeper commitment than ever before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying to find some, some good news and what otherwise seems a lot of bad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Alexander, I see a lot of people in your generation, uh, younger people who are uh, living out a, a Christian life full throttle, mm-hmm. on fire for Jesus, living very missionally, as opposed to, you know, a lot of former generations. In some cases, uh, it was just so easy to say I'm a Christian because everybody was, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the good news is I see a younger generation coming up that in some cases is more on fire for Jesus than their parents are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Um, and I, I certainly hope uh, that 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 is true. I, I definitely can see it in a lot of my friends that, that they are on fire for Jesus totally. Um, the people in the Fusion Lead um, team, amazing. If you got, if the listeners don't know what that is, it's just something in my youth group that I'm part of. Um, mm-hmm. But but with all of this being said, we're forgetting the armor of God. We're we're forgetting the spiritual warfare that is happening and in in everything there is there is a spiritual war that is going on and we have forgotten to put on the armor of god yeah um alexander i wrote the book and i preached the whole sermon series on this Mm -hmm. because so many christians are not prepared for the warfare they face daily in some cases they're not even aware of the warfare they're facing daily they're the worst kind of prisoner, a prisoner unaware. Mm-hmm. Don't even realize they're in the middle of a warfare, but they are. And so uh, I, you know, I'm praying people's eyes will be open, that they'll start to see the warfare where it is, that their eyes will be open to recognize the enemy where he is, and that they will understand they don't have to be taken captive. They, they don't have to be some helpless victim of Satan that they have uh, the power of God upon their life as a child of God, that the Spirit of God lives within them. They have kingdom authority. In Luke 10, Jesus said, Behold, I give you power and authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And so uh, they can learn to be overcomers. They don't have to be overcome. Yep, exactly. We've been set free in Christ. Galatians 5.1 Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. And yet it seems as if we have forgotten about our uh, victory and our liberty, and we've gone back to our slavery in today's generation, today's day and age. Um, and we are uh, giving in to the, the, the works of the flesh, the the, the things that Satan has for our lives, the work of the flesh are evident. Um, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, uh, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The reason why all of this is happening is because we're not walking in the spirit. We're not putting on the armor, armor of God. We're le- believing the lies of the enemy, and it's time to turn back to the truth of God. Boy, I'm into that, Alexander. Hey, good preaching there, man. Thank you, man. It really is. 
I, I really appreciate you being on today's episode. So with all of this being said, uh, that will be an end to this episode. Thank you so much uh, for being on here. Uh, but before we go, tell them where they can find your books. Well, they can um, order the book off Amazon. It'd be the easiest thing. It's also available through all the other book retailers. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, if if they're in Lee Summit or near our church in Blue Springs or Lee Summit, they're also available still on Sunday mornings mm -hmm. at our Next Steps desk. So uh, whatever way would be most convenient for them, okay. Alexander. All, All right. right. Sweet. Um, I definitely recommend both of the books. They are very, very good reads, very biblically based. Uh, and once again, uh, you, they're called Defeating the Enemy and the Weapons of Our Warfare. And Pastor Phil is taking no money from these books, so he's not like a prosperity preacher. So uh, That's right, man. I got nothing to sell you. I got something I want to give you, but I don't have anything to sell you. Mm -hmm. All right. See you, Pastor Phil. Love you bunch, buddy. You have a good one now. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It has everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. First of all, Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor... It's totally free. So if you are looking to record a podcast, go to the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed. You can also check us out at Stonewall's Perspective on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with the latest news. Stay anchored.